Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au. My name is Kaylin, and from the Brainwaves team today we have Susie and today we'll be chatting with Philippa Maloney-Walsh about her work as a life coach and her use of neuro-linguistic programming, otherwise known as NLP. Philippa has been on our program recently talking about the resilience, um, how resilience helped her to learn to live with the after effects of devastating life-changing injury. It is a fascinating story and if you haven't heard it, I'd suggest our listeners go along and have a look at the Brainwaves podcast and have a listen. Hello everyone, I'm Susie and I would first like to thank team member Heath for his contribution to this show today. It's really wonderful to have Philippa back on our program. Philippa is the principal of Wildlife Coaching and anyone interested can find details online at wildlifecoaching.com.au. Philippa has an extensive background in teaching and training in schools as well as adult education. She's authored numerous publications and created many programs on occupational health and safety, as well as professional and business development. Her qualifications are as long as your arm, but of particular interest, she ironically was employed at WorkSafe when she suffered a life-changing injury, which was discussed in our previous interview. Hello, Philippa, and welcome again to to Brainwaves. Oh, good afternoon, Kaylin and Susie. Great to be back. Thank you. Now, look, I know we've touched on this last time uh, you were here, but could you tell us a little bit more about what happened that motivated you to become a life coach? Uh, briefly, I had a, a workplace accident. I slipped at lunchtime, um, fell, uh, slipped on oil that was fallen off someone's plate and landed in the middle of my back, not on my nice padded butt. <laughs> And it's a good padded butt. <laughs> Pity I missed it. And as a result, I damaged my and fractured my um, vertebrae. Um, and as a result, I got what I call stuck on the couch. I became stuck in that moment, um, like lots of people do when you've had something just change your life in that instant. So I got stuck on the couch for a number of years. I got heavily pain medicated and stuff by doctors until I happened upon um, a coach who changed my life and um, inspired me to become a coach to work with other people. Okay, so you happened upon a coach. Um, you went for life coaching, I'm guessing. Yes, yeah. yes I did. And then yeah. you've looked into it and I know that you've done, um, you've got qualifications in it now. Yes. Um, but what does a life coach actually do? Well, a life coach is, um, well, there's lots of different interpretations of what a life coach does, but basically uh, a life coach focuses on the future, focuses on actions, 
And uh, one of the definitions of it is a purposeful conversation between two people that inspires them to step out of their comfort zones and take initial step towards doing what they want and being who they want to be. So what that means is we focus on what does somebody really want in their life? Um, some people just float through life and have no desires and no, they just float. That's right. Um, other mm. people have passions and things they really want to do but they don't know how to do them. Mm. And other people know something's just not right. Mm. They don't know what quiet it is but they know they just don't feel right. Mm. So that's when a coach comes along. A life coach really is no different than a sports coach. People understand sports coaches. Mm. A sports coach works with someone to bring out their potential. Mm. That's what a life coach does. You work alongside someone to bring out their potential because everything they do, they already have inside them. They mm. just need someone to work with them, to hold them accountable, to make them responsible. Mm. And that's what a coach does. Mm. So it's sort of like trying to help somebody determine what direction they want to go in, like goal setting? Goal setting is a huge part of it. Um, probably the, the one of the biggest parts is getting people to understand what's going on for them that's stopping them mm. so that they can get to achieve their goals. Yes. And it's through this that I often will bring in um, NLP or neuro-linguistic programming where people have what we call limiting beliefs. Uh, these are these beliefs that they can't do something. And we build these up from our early years when something happens in our life and you remember that a child can only respond to the world through their experiences to date. Mm. So, big one, children see their parents fighting and they assume it's their fault. Mm. Oh, yeah. A really big one. Mm. So, then they start assigning when other people are fighting, it must be my fault. Okay, I'm not doing things good enough. And then any time things don't quite work out, oh, that's another example I've caused this problem. Mm. And a lot of people, a lot of people have an issue around not being good enough. Yes. But mm. good enough for what? Good mm. enough mm. for who? Yeah. So using yeah. um, NLP and NLP is um, looking at how we experience the world. It's a, it's a process of how do we experience the world? We experience the world through our senses. Mm. That's the only way... Mm humans can make meaning of the world yes mm. and um i know someone who calls us meaning making machines mm. which i think is a great term <laughs> yeah so our five senses what we see what we hear what we feel by that touch as well as emotions mm -hmm. what we taste and what we smell so with um nlp we get people to just um go back and experience some of those early things that happen in their life and go back and turn up the colour. Yeah. Turn up the hearing. Um, look at something from not their perspective but from another perspective mm. called perceptual oh. positions. But yeah. I'm not going to get technical now. So three of us here in a room, mm. if I'm the person with um, a limiting belief, I can actually be guided mm. with the help of the NLP practitioner 
to observe the conversation that I've had with, say, you, Susie, Mm. and I can be observing it from the position of Kaylin as a third person Mm. on the outside. Mm. And then I can observe Mm. it as Susie. And when we start to observe things from different positions, Mm. we can suddenly go, oh, oh, wow. Yeah, it didn't quite happen how I thought it happened. So through this process of looking at the language and how we perceive things, we can actually help people to go back and look at things or even to move forward and look at a beautiful future, Mm. which I love doing with people Mm. because we can really get excited and and expand out to amazing Mm. things. Mm. Um, Help people to realise that some of the things they've carried with them are just... Things are just perceptions of the world they created as a child. Yeah, so I, I sort of recall, and I know Kaylin's a counsellor too, the word schemas comes to mind. Mm. So it's how we do, as you said, have self-limiting beliefs. So what you're saying is that a life coach helps you look at those beliefs from different perspectives and um, basically... Well, not all life coaches will. That's what I do That's because what you I do. use yeah. NLP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Others will just say, what's, what's your problem today? Mm. Where can we get you to to fix this problem? Yes. Mm. Um, where do you want to go to? So you want to, well, example of one lady I worked with, she, um, oh, I forgot what the, the term is, but she wouldn't leave home unless she had to go agrophobia. to work. Agrophobia. Thank you, yep. agrophobia. I was going to say claustrophobia and I <laughs> yeah. knew that wasn't right. <laughs> Um, she would go to work and yeah. that was it. Yeah. So she acknowledged that she had to do something. She knew she she didn't have it so bad she couldn't leave the house because she could go to work, she could go to the shops. But once she'd done those things, she just didn't want to get out and about in mm. her life mm. and knew she needed to do something. Yes. Um, so we started working together, uh, looking at what her core values were in life why she um, felt there was nothing exciting in her life. And that was what it was all about. Mm. If I go out, there's nothing exciting for me to do. Mm. So ultimately, we'd been working together for about six weeks and I get a phone call. Hey, Philippa, you know how we were talking about ways I could get out and do something interesting and something that would inspire me and something that was really big and grand? Mm. I said, yeah, you know, thinking she was going to do something like start climbing the thousand steps. (laughs) No, she went really grand, which is beautiful. She um, signed up for a walking tour of Nepal. Wow. Oh, wow, that's mm. definitely getting out in the past. Yes. <laughs> so then the next few weeks, a couple of sessions we spent working on how is she going to inspire herself to get out and do the walks to know she could do 10 mm. kilometres of walking a day yes. carrying a pack. Yeah. Wow. So she walked around her area with um, a backpack of books. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. she had the weight of her pack and she, we organised sort of a timetable <laughs> for her and how she would build up to that. Mm. So we, we set goals for her. Mm. So... A key thing is obviously with this program, with regard to um, positive mental well-being, how can life coaching help? And perhaps you have a story or something like that that you could demonstrate to our listeners. Well, life coaching helped me. As I said, I was stuck on the couch, literally. Mm. Sleeping on the couch because it was more comfortable and sleeping in a bed, um sleeping on the couch during the day, sleeping on the couch not at night because I wasn't, a, wasn't asleep, I was awake. Um, and having a life coach gave me 
an opportunity helped me to start look for a future mm. and looking for a future is what people need when you haven't got a future where do you go mm. so without having a, a future designed for you a future in your mind mm. of somewhere to go mm. it gets really easy to just mm. do nothing i have to say just based on the fact that i do know you um, I do see you a little bit as a high achiever because even when you were laid in rehab with drips and machines and all the rest of it, you were sat there thinking what could you do to make things better for other people <laughs> and you did actually set up a foundation. Um, so you are someone who um, doesn't wallow too deeply in oh, things. you saw me. Oh, you didn't see me all the time. Okay. I can do some <laughs> I can assure you. Yeah. So what it is, um, for someone who's really, really stuck in a moment, it might be working with them to say their goal could be as something as really simple as you're going to get out of bed today. Yes. Mm. And you're going to go for a 30-minute walk today. Yeah. Now, for some people, that's a huge achievement. It is, particularly if you're suffering depression or anything Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. Mm. So it's about setting something that's action-oriented, yep. that's future-oriented, and that the role of the coach is to make to keep the person um, accountable mm. and to ensure that they take responsibility for what they're doing. That's right. Because yeah. it's not yeah. about me taking responsibility for you and me ringing you every day and saying, have you done your walk yet? Yeah. I will touch base with people. Yeah. Um, I will always be available. But that's people. a big part of it too. I think sometimes when we have these goals and, and we want to achieve something, you know, it can be quite lonely and we're less likely oh, yes. to do it when we're doing it on our own. You're like having like that person that's, you know, cheering you on on the sidelines. It's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. no different than the rowers yeah. in the boat who are doing all that hard yeah. work and the guy who's riding the bike with the mm. megaphone going, I don't know what they <laughs> yeah. say, come on, do it harder, do yeah, it harder, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. on the megaphone. Yeah. That's mm. the coach. That's yeah. that's what they're doing. The, the coachee, if you want to call them that, they are doing the hard work. Mm. But they've got someone who, and I often say to, to clients, you've got this beautiful big dream. I can see it. I can see it here in my hand. You can't envisage it yet in your hand. You think mm -hmm. it's too hard for you to get to. You've thought about it, but oh, wow, how am I going to get there? I will hold your dream for you and keep it alive and when it's ready to be handed back to you in a couple of weeks, I'll hand it back to you and then we'll both... I'll walk alongside you and we'll get it to that position. Mm. So when they talk about what they'd really like to achieve often in the first, second session, but they go, oh, that's too hard. That's when I get excited and say, oh, no, I can see that. And I and I get them to start visualising it using the NLP mm. techniques, visualising it, writing about it, mm. feeling it, thinking about how they'll feel, what emotions mm. they'll experience mm. when they get to that point. And when you can actually get people to be feeling the emotions, then they're more likely to start going, yeah, I can do it, I can do it. Mm. And then you can hand back that dream that they've described to you. Mm. But sometimes they're a bit scared to hold on to it. So I say, well, I've got hold of it. It hasn't died. I've got mm. it here. Mm. I'm holding it for you. And do you have many people that come in and they don't know where they are or oh, what they want yes. or they don't have a dream? Yes, yes. There's only one person I've ever... Um, and we only spoke once. Uh, she decided that this was too hard for us. So she probably wasn't ready yet to embark on this process. They're saying that people only change 
when the pain of staying the same it's becomes too hard. unbearable. Yeah. 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 Too hard, yeah. She wasn't at that point, but she couldn't envisage a dream. She'd mm. worked for 20 years in the um, armed forces mm. where her whole life was doing what she was told, living where she was told. And the idea of her having a dream just was really she was struggling mm. with. Well, so um, I hope that she went on, and I'm sure yes. she would because this was her first thoughts of, oh, there's something else. Yes. One of my mm. clients, beautiful lady, knew something wasn't right in her life. Work was really irking her. She couldn't stand being at work. But she loved being a nurse for so mm. many years, so what was going on? Mm. Mm. When she came, we, we obviously have um, a conversation, um, and really it's conversational change. It's through conversation mm. that it, this takes place. Um, it turns out that she'd always loved art. She'd even been given a set of... Um, Derwent colour pencils. Now, if you're someone my age in their 50s, <laughs> you'll know how wonderful Derwent colour pencils mm. were. She had been given the full 72 colour pencils as a child and had never used them. <gasps> never. She was too scared <coughs> to use them. She had set up in her house an art room. She had paper and colours and crayons and all sorts of things in a beautiful room and had not created anything. Mm. So what we realised was that's what her aim was to do, to actually bring the art out of her. Mm. So together, I said, well, the first thing you need to do, she goes, I don't know how to draw. I said, well, find an art teacher. Mm. Well, it must have been, I don't know, Universal Guidance or something, because mm -hmm. that day she went and Googled art teachers she found one and it turns out that was the first day this lady had advertised. Oh, wow. Wow, yeah. And they hit it off and um, by the end of our sessions she had started working on her first oil painting. Mm. And she realised that it wasn't work that was the problem, it was the art just going, I've got to get out. Mm. Yeah. And work really for her mm. wasn't, as she felt, it was her passion Work wasn't her passion. She realised work was just there to earn money to buy paints. Yeah, so she wasn't that's living a full life. She wasn't her living. Her full life. She but wasn't. again, that's a perception that she'd yeah. had that you were able to help her to change. So. And she, part of her knew it needed to happen. She just didn't know how to get it yeah. out. Yeah. And then to have someone holding you accountable mm. and someone saying, time for you to take responsibility for yourself. And that's the really important yeah. part. So what I'm hearing here is um, strategies that are involved in, uh, that psychologists would use and also strategies that counsellors used and techniques such as solution-focused therapy. In a way, what you're saying, I'm relating it back to that where you envisage where you'd like to be, um, which is a big part of solution-focused therapy. Mm. Um, so it sounds like it's... Um, very dynamic and um, life coaching. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I like to call it transformational. Yes. Because that's what you can do for people. You can help them to transform whatever part of themselves they want to transform. But we don't, unlike um, counsellors and mental health professionals, it's not our role to diagnose. It's not our role to help give advice. Or medication or, or anything medication like that. Or anything yeah. like that. 
and it's always focused on what can we do, where's our next goal. Yes. In a lot of ways, I'd say that the, the, the actual medical profession could probably take a leaf out of that book Absolutely. for sure. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Because we can't change what's happened. No. Mm. What we can do with NLP is just look at it differently and go, oh, yeah, okay, I was looking at that, as that, at that incident as a five-year-old with this much knowledge of the world. Now I'm reliving that incident and thinking about it as a 50-year-old. Oh, I can see that it was nothing to do with me. Mm. Oh, of course, because now you're looking at it with different eyes. The thing is, I can't imagine it would happen quickly because in for some people, if they've spent a lot of years dwelling or looking at things a certain way because your brain is then wired in that mm. direction. So you've got to literally rewire your brain, don't you? Yeah. And I speak from personal experience here. Yeah. What I do if I'm using NLP is I listen to what someone's saying mm. because the language they use about about an mm. incident or mm. their life or how they perceive things is very, very clear to show you how they think about it. Mm. Um, yeah. So... One of the things um, in a session, you would imagine that with a life coach, if you were with them for an hour, that they might talk for 10 to 15 minutes and the client talks for the rest of the time. Mm. So you'll really have to be really focused on what someone is saying and <clears throat> listen to the words they use to describe things. Because when you can and say, hey, look, can, can I share something with you? You talk about this using this sort of language. You talk about this always in the negative. You talk about this as something that's really hard. So by really tuning into the language I use, you can and body language as well. Oh, body language yeah. is a huge one. When when you get to mm. a point where someone is really getting close to what the trigger is, they'll often go, "Oh no, I don't want to talk about that anymore." And or they start. I've I've found clients, um, and I use Zoom a lot. Um, start to get jittery one girl i work with gets giggly and jittery so you mm. know you're on the right track yeah <laughs> when yeah. she starts to get the jiggles and the jitters yeah and she knows now that oh oh hang on yes mm. <laughs> we got close to a point haven't mm. we mm. um some of the simple things is I, I had a mother who had children um coming up for book week mm. and i mean this was just one session of ours and she goes book week is coming up and I haven't done their costumes and every night I sit down to do them and we just sat down and worked out what she was going to do how she was going to do it an hour and a half after our session I got an sms with pictures she'd done it yeah so All it was a mental block yeah. was this person to sit with her and say yeah. well this is what I expect you to do and this is what time frame you've got it to do it in mm. so it's just having it's no mm. different really than Weight Watchers going back and being weighed every week. It's about being accountable. Yeah. So on yeah. that, I guess, um, are there different types of life coaches? There are indeed. Uh, there are some people who will focus solely on business mm. um, and they work with small businesses in particular to assist them to get their... and to see the business as as a person, in a sense, as an entity, as a living entity. So they actually work with the business. Yep. Um, you've got life coaches who do wellness. You've got life coaches who actually work with fitness. Okay. So, so like a sports coach, really? Well, like a sports coach, but they actually work on the mental side and the oh, accountability so the side might, yep. of fitness. You've got relationship coaches, people who 
help coach people through relationships. Yeah. Um, you name it, there are so many different mm. niches. Mm. Um, my my personal, what do I call it, niche, passion. I suppose. Yeah. Passion, <laughs> what I'm most passionate about is helping people whose lives change like mine in a heartbeat. Yes, right. yeah. Okay. Because I've been there. Yeah. And as a coach, if you've got the lived experience, you know what people are going through. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a really huge one. I'm really passionate about people who can't do things they used to be able to do. And you'd be amazed. The smallest thing can can be quite distressing for some people as you know not being able to wear my six inch heels has mm. become a, a big stressor for me so mm. I've had to find other ways to yeah and I can assure the listeners <laughs> that Philip has got the most funky trendy um <laughs> silver shoes on and they're a type of sports shoe but they look fantastic so with a hidden um, heel they're not quite what the six inch heels she used to wear but still yeah they're pretty cute um so I really like to work with people who've been stuck or, as I say, stuck on the couch. Mm. Um, and I also like working with people, you can call it middle-age, mm. um, because you get to a point in your life where your children have left home. That's right. You've worked in a job for 25 years. Um, uh, everything sort of changes. Mm. That, and I can understand, you know, they used to talk about the, the midlife crisis. Mm. It's real yeah. for, for many of many of us. A midlife crisis, and that's like another version of being stuck. Yeah, it's a whole new chapter in your book if you make it so, isn't it? Yes. But having years of, particularly as a mother, focusing on your children, yeah, um, it would take a lot of um, thinking about. Mm. Yeah, and and I've worked and the nurse and the paint, she was one of those people. Oh, that's great. Yeah, well, um, thank you so much for talking to us about this today, Philippa. We could really probably go for another half an hour here. Um, I know I'm enjoying it for sure. But if people want to get in touch with you or if they want to find out more about life coaching, how would they go about doing that? Um, easy. Just go to my website, which is why life coaching, uh, W-H-Y, as in the, the word question, y, the word yep. why, <laughs> whylifecoaching.com.au. Excellent. Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks, Susie, for coming in today and thanks for getting us in touch with Philippa and thank you again for coming on the show. And just as I said before, um, if you want to hear the last show with Philippa, just hop on to uh, the Brainwaves page on 3CR and you can have a look there. And it's one hell of a story, I might add. <laughs> it sure is. Um, so with that, you can find more of our shows on our website at brainwaves.org.au or on 3CR website, 3cr.org.au or on iTunes. Feel free to send us feedback or suggestions for our shows uh, via email at brainwaves at wellways.org. And thanks for listening. We'll be back next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.